This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Yo, what's up, guys? You like our podcast? You want to make your own? You have all the power, all the resources you need to make your own podcast. That's right. If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, let me give you a rundown. Basically, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. And here's how it works. Anchor lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or your computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to the most popular listening platforms, including Spotify with a single tap. Anchor is also the only place you can publish video podcasts to Spotify, which is super important. With Anchor, creators can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. That's right. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That is anchor.fm to get started. It's what we use. We get a little kickback from it and we appreciate it. So if you guys want your own podcast, go to Anchor. .fm to get started. Peace. Hello and welcome to the Anatomy of Marriage podcast. I'm your host, Melanie Studley. Good morning. My name is Seth Studley and I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist. And today is day 12 of 100 days of Q&A. If you're new here, welcome. We have over 200 episodes of our show and they are very different from one another on all sorts of topics. So please check those out. We made them because you'll love them. That's right. Uh, Also, this show is brought to you by Audible. Uh, go to audibletrial.com forward slash anatomy of marriage to get your free audiobook on us because we also love you. I want to give you an audiobook. That's right. I have a couple of credits that I need to use on my Audible. <gasps> you have credits? I, do I have am credits. so jealous. Okay. I don't. We do four things. We do a prayer, we do a past gratitude, we do a review of the day, and then we jump into your questions. Good morning, Mrs. Green. Hello, Miss Green. And we're live on Facebook and Instagram right now, so that's why we're chatting it up with All right. people. Tiki um, Simon, what's up? Okay. Review of the day. Five stars by Title Chick. Okay. I don't care. My podcast. Keeping it real. (laughs) This podcast does a great job talking about the things that you wish everyone would be more transparent about. Very helpful. Five Ah. stars. Thank you, Title Chick. All right. Good Um, job. And if you have not rated or reviewed the podcast, please do that. It is extremely helpful, and we will read your review on our show, even if it's a single star. That's right. Okay, I'm going to pray. Thank you, God, Creator, for your blessings. Thank you for the show and how it has helped us. I pray that it literally helps people who are listening, help uh, all of us to continue to have a growth mindset and to get information and to share information and be real and transparent with people. Thank you, God. Amen. Amen. All right. Thankful. I'm thankful that you rock climbed on the the uh, park we went to yesterday. That was pretty fun. I was going to say that is Took my a picture thankful. of you and sis on it. So it was, it was cool. I'm glad we got to do that. I was thankful that um, when we went to that park, You like, and you've always been this way, but I just was thinking about it. Like you're always like all in to play with the kids and and me. And I think it's just really fun because it's like, you know, we're running up the thing with the, we're doing everything that the kids are doing and it's like our favorite thing. We had a race. And, uh, and it's just really fun and I really appreciate it. So thank you. Right on. Okay. Question of the day. Go for it. Um, so we're going to read another review that we got, like an email review, that top an one email there. review? Do you want to read that or do you want me to? Day 11, healing for pastors. No, no. Oh my <laughs> Just gosh. kidding. Come on. Go ahead. 
It says, hi, I had asked you guys the question a few episodes back. Can a man be too soft when comforting his wife? I had been trying to comfort my wife through a hard time, but it wasn't working. This morning I could see that she was anxious. So I asked her, come and sit with me, babe. We sat on the couch silently. Then she started talking about her fears and I just listened instead of being overly soft in my comforting like I had been in the past. And as she talked, she snuggled up to me and we just talked for over an hour. Yes. Later, she called me at work and started crying and thanked me for sitting with her today and that she needed to feel the security and love from me. Mm. Thank you, Melanie, for answering my question so honestly. Thank you, you guys, for the care that you show to people you have never met. When I hear some of the questions on your show, I know that there are other people out there like me that you guys are impacting just as much. Mm. So that was an amazing email review that we got. Actually, it was just like a res- someone emailed us mm-hmm. and we wanted to share it. We asked if we could share it and they said yes. And so we're just really thankful that our show has positively impacted people and that it's helpful. So Yeah, I think it's actually, not, you know, I pray and I ask that the show continues to help us through our stuff and then other people too. And I think that we've had two instances of that. One, when we were moving in and you said, just, I, I need you, come yeah. and hold me, you know? And I wasn't weird or anxious or anything like that. And I did, and it was awesome. And then I think yesterday morning, like when you were writing your dad a letter and stuff mm-hmm. like this, and you just, you started crying and I instantly just went to you and like held you and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And that was different for yeah. me. And I think talking about it with folks who email us like that and just talking about it on the show, it really honestly, truly 100% helps me oh, to yeah. connect and change that attachment mm-hmm. style with you. And I think why it helps is because we're actually talking about it. Yeah. It's not because I'm a therapist, not because you're, you know, whatever. It's because Magical. we're... Yeah, it's not because you're magical. It's because we're just talking about it. So I agree. Keep up the good work. All right. So the question that we got, and and again, thank you for sending that email in and letting us know that it was helpful because it it really is awesome to get that kind of feedback. So the question says, what do I do with past hurts that have never been fully dealt with or resolved and are starting to compound as new hurts are added? My husband is very quick to say, okay, I'm sorry, let's forget about it. But it makes me feel a lot, wait, But it takes me a lot more than that to get over things. Since he tries to put a lid on it so quickly, I often feel that things are never fully resolved and healed. But I don't feel like I have permission to bring things up again since he has already put it behind him. And I can't understand why I keep rehashing what he has already apologized for. How can I clear out all of the pain from things in the past and actually put it behind me the way he seems to? Mm. It's a great question. It is a great question. A lot of husbands do this. I did it. My dad does it. And the issue is with him. And I'm not saying, okay, Seth Miller said you're, you, you suck. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that I don't want you to feel guilty or bad because you say, why do I keep rehashing the things that he already apologized for? That's because they're not dealt with yet, right? That is his style. It's, it's like you guys are sitting down at the dinner table and he is letting you eat as much as he wants and saying, that's it. Supper's over. But you're like, I'm still starving to That's death over here. I, I need to eat more. Nope. Supper's over. This is it. Well, and I will Don't say, bother me with supper again. Hold on. I do want to say, though, that, that the, what your husband is doing in your relationship is what I tend to do in our relationship. Mm-hmm. And I do think it's an Enneagram type thing. I think it's, mm. a, there's, it's not that it's like, he's terrible. He's wrong. This is bad. It's like, that's probably something that he... It because that, that's how it is in my nature. It's oh, like okay. when something bad happens, 
I go like this. Oh, crap. Shoot. I did this bad thing. Mm -hmm. I don't want to talk about it anymore. Let's move on. Now I'll do better next time. And that's exactly how I feel. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's the best of intentions. It's the easiest way to move forward. I'll say that I'm sorry. I'll say, man, I'm really, that sucked. I didn't really Mm -hmm. know that that would hurt your feelings. I usually will tell Seth what I meant by it. Like, oh, I thought that it was this and it Mm -hmm. didn't, I didn't think it came across like that. And then I want to just move on. And he is like, that's the times when I think I get actually most upset because I'm just like, you are not listening. And it's just like something still inside me that just wants to bubble up and talk about, Mm -hmm. right? But you're dismissive about it and you're Mm -hmm. whatever. But also I think that's an Enneagram thing for me too, because I don't like conflict. I'm just like, okay, it's cool. It's cool. Let's move on. And I think both couple, both men and women can be guilty of this. It is uh, a cultural gender thing, and it also is an Enneagram thing. And I'm not trying to, like, you know, razz on your husband or anything like that. However, we have to be willing to be, to sit in the uncomfortableness and fix it, right? Like, if you're, I mean, okay, if, if Melanie... If I say, hey, I'm sorry that I did that, blah, 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 let's move on. And like every single day, you're just like, but I don't know. I'm like, okay, girl, well, but- it's, let's let's mm-hmm. seriously move on. If if there's something else going on here, we can talk about it. But if it's just the same thing every day, mm-hmm. which I think early on in our relationship it was, um, it's, it's a bunch of different factors. I can be a jerk and just not listen. And she can be like, you're, we have to talk mm-hmm. about this. Or... Yeah, it's almost like we need to know the heart behind it and that it's being said, the way that it's being said. Like, is it like, I don't want to talk about it? Or is it like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm fine. We don't need to talk about it, right? Because mm-hmm. there's a huge difference. I will say, though, that in in me saying I want to move past things quickly, what I wasn't doing, it's not that I wasn't ind- addressing the thing that I did wrong. I wasn't addressing the hurt that the thing that I did wrong caused Seth. Mm -hmm. And that's, I did an episode, we did an episode about how I didn't know how to apologize. So it's in our marriage morning somewhere. Mm -hmm. You can find it. I bet if you search apologize in, um, in our, on our website at anatomyofmarriage.com, you can find the episode, but I didn't know how to apologize and address the, the sort of like unfair feelings that Seth was feeling when I was being unkind. So right. I would stop the behavior. I would be like, oh, I'm sorry, blah, blah, blah. But I wasn't actually sorry for how it made him feel. I was sorry for the behavior. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And so there's a and difference that, there. Yeah, and that kind of gets old. Somebody just put uh, fear and shame. Good morning, Jenny. Good morning, Mooney Adventures. Somebody just put fear and shame, and that reminds me of these Dr. Steven Stosny episodes. That's, that's what they're referencing. Yeah, the, the fear and shame thing. It's fear like, shame dynamic. Yeah, okay. If if you're upset, it brings shame to me sometimes mm-hmm. if that's what I have a proclivity towards, mm-hmm. and that kind of triggers me, right? And I'm just like, ah, oh, this, is, this, this is uncomfortable. I don't mm-hmm. want to talk about it. So the fear shame dynamic is huge. And uh, yeah, Brad says when the issue is not the issue. Yeah, there's always something below it, right? Yeah, and I do want to say too that um, something that I didn't realize was, and I don't know how to word this because I don't think I ever really have, but you, so in our marriage, I made everything an issue. Nothing could be a non-issue. I was never okay enough to be like, oh, that's fine. Seth did that and I'm fine. I'm not going to die or it's not the end of the world or I actually don't need to say something to him. So is there something going on where you're actually kind of holding issues mm-hmm. um, as a as, because it's something you know how to do? Uh, not necessarily something that is good for you, but something that you know how to do. Mm. And, I, and I just want to kind of throw that. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Or were you listening? No. Cool. <laughs> I know you want to both. staring at the thing. Okay, great. Um, but I think it is important to reassess. What are you thinking? What are you getting hurt by? 
What is it the thing that you are getting hurt by perpetual, perpetually that is adding on to itself? And is it something that actually needs to cause you pain? Mm. I'm not saying solve it yourself. Figure out your, you know, I'm not, You're saying, not saying like ignore it. Ignore either. it. You're being a baby, which is babies aren't bad. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, I'm not saying that, but I am saying it took me a moment to realize like I'm never okay with anything mm. and I need to freaking stop that because Seth is not doing anything wrong, but I am perpetually looking for something that he might be doing wrong in order to tell him that he was doing it wrong. And what we look for, we, we always find. find. We always find. So I would maybe also suggest figure out a way if you can assess what you're upset about so often and, and process it on your own or ask yourself, is this, do I really need to be upset about mm-hmm. this? Like, you know. And talk to your friends about it. Just mm-hmm. don't be in your own head. And you can talk to your it. husband about it too. Hey, Rhea, what's so. up? Uh, use oh, and clear- use the clearing structure, yes. Yeah, duh. Sheesh. Okay. Doi. And by the way, we didn't create the clearing structure. It's just a, a formulation of I statements and different differentiation things. I'm not taking credit it's for formulation. it. formulation. That would not be cool. Okay, let's read one more. What do you want to read? Oh, they're in order. So this next one is, I'm a number two Here, on the Enneagram. I can read and you can drink your coffee because okay. you already read two of them i'm a two on the enneagram and i'm pretty sure my husband is an eight i'm a conflict avoider avoider and he tends to bring up conflict in order to grow closer i know conflict isn't always bad and can actually help us grow but usually what happens is when we get into a conflict after some time when i want the conflict to end i start to cry i don't want to do this but i feel like my conflict tolerance is low it feels so distressing in the moment my husband immediately backs off and comforts me what can i do so that I don't cry every time we have a conflict. By doing so, I know that I can easily manipulate the conversation and I don't want to do that. Okay, are you using crying to actually manipulate the conversation? Go for it if it works. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no. Uh, or do you do you find yourself um, crying when you start to get flooded? Because sometimes when we get flooded, that's a... That's what I think she's saying. That's a biological response mm-hmm. that is really hard not to do. And if you actually feel like crying, that's really hard not to do as well so are you using that uh this is too much i'm gonna cry to stop everything to to because you know that it'll stop the conflict which you're seeking and then you're also seeking comfort from your husband what would it look like if you sought comfort from your husband before you had to cry before there was conflict Mm. hey babe can we sit down and just hold me you know Mm -hmm. like straight up you know what i feel so comforted comforted when you give me a hug and when we just touch and stuff like that can we do that that was the end of your sentence. That's wow, that sentence. was the end of his sentence, everyone. Um, yeah, the thing that I'm hearing in this, which is interesting, is that you're asking this question, but it sounds like you're doing the right thing. It sounds like you know there's a, an enormous amount of self-awareness here. You're saying, I'm a two, he's an eight, he likes conflict, I'm conflict avoidant. Mm-hmm. When we get into conflict, I begin to cry, but it's not a manipulation, and then he comforts me. That sounds like exactly what should be happening. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I know that sounds weird and that's not what you're looking for, but we can't, I don't think that we can actually or or that we should actually try to change um, too much of our natural behaviors and, and sort of the way we behave, I guess, um, because it doesn't sound like that's super unhealthy. You're saying, I'm not crying to manipulate, and it doesn't sound like he thinks you're manipulating the situation. Uh-huh. So in a way, it sounds like you're doing what is right. Okay, there's this thing that John Gottman has. It's called Fight Maps. And it's uh, just familiar with the concept. I'm not thinking of like the diagram, but you guys could Google it, just a fight map. And you kind of navigate the fight map when you're not fighting. And when it gets to here, okay, we're going to do this. When I Are feel you sure that John Gottman has that? Because we have a fight map. Are you sure it's not ours? 
It might be. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you just referenced our own tools and I, then said it was John Gottman. I, I would love that. Because we did. have an AOM fight map on Jeez. our website at anatomyofmarriage.com. You can okay, go Okay, I don't look know where it. that came from or how we got to I it. I mean, he may have had one, but no, I came up with it. Anyway, okay, yeah. And fill it out when you're not having conflict yep. and because it's it's okay conflict is okay we can grow from it mm-hmm. but from personally melanie has said to me i love conflict and mm-hmm. i'm like barf city I, I hate it i don't like it and i do what i can to avoid it but that's not the best thing so if if this lady finds herself doing that okay there's some tools go to the fight map understand let's reframe the concept of conflict uh, it's not all bad things get done mm-hmm. It can get bad, especially when you're flooded, because when you're flooded, you know, your brain, our brain's like this, boom, our lid is flipped. And and then we're only using the lower functioning portion, like our lizard brain. So everything from that lizard brain is like Neanderthal. Fight or flight, or maybe... Neanderthal, forgive me. Fight or flight or freeze or cry or some other thing Mm -hmm. in this. So, um, But yeah, uh, yeah, I think that you're doing a good job, though. It sounds like you're really doing a good job. And you can ask your husband if he feels like it's okay. Um, you know what I mean? Because it doesn't sound like he doesn't. And so, in a, in a way, I think that that's really good. Okay, this is question? a good question because it kind of hits home. All the questions about, were good questions. It talks about cooking. I thought you were going to thank me for cooking last night because you thank told you. me. It was you phenomenal. Said, that was a good supper. You cook you better than cook any good. restaurant we go to. And that frustrates me because I want to go to restaurants, but it's not even worth it. i got to work on my Thai food game. Okay, potential question. Blah, blah, blah. For gatherings... <laughs> Go ahead. For gatherings with my in-laws, the only authorized people in the kitchen are my mother-in-law, sister-in-law, and grandmother-in-law. Family of origin. And those are the only houses we will gather at. They never let anyone help out in the kitchen or bring any food. They don't even want cleanup help. I've talked with several families about how all their family pitches in. This hurts because I learned to cook for my grandma when she cooked Sunday family dinners, and I'd love to help and learn to cook my in-laws way since serving people in my family through cooking is a big thing for me. I continually offer and get turned down and it feels like rejection. I bond with other women over cooking and they do that together but won't let me help but won't or, let me or the other daughter-in-law either. either. I've even explained to them how important it is to me to be, to be able to help with dishes. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this sounds like a very well, this happens in the south like and to the to this day my mom shoes people out of the kitchen and she especially shoes Melanie out for some reason, whatever. I think it's she family have laws. She a small kitchen, so it's kind of yeah. hard to... Well, help. even when the kitchen was bigger, there's there's a sense of territory here. There's a sense of family loyalty and there's a sense of I'm in charge. This is kind of my domain, which let's... This, this is understandable. It's hard to bring an outsider in if you have a rigid and fairly closed mindset of like... Oh, I mean... You said authorized people. Like, do you have to have a badge to get in the thing? <laughs> Maybe you do. You have to have a family bloodline last name badge, which is kind of comical if, if I can look at it from a you know 10,000-foot view. But I would say that if it's the grandma, both sisters-in-law, and the mother-in-law who are against you, you're probably not going to win that fight. And I know that you're complaining to your husband, not complaining, you're talking to your husband about it, saying, hey, and then... He's saying, listen, this is a strong system that we're in. Uh, This is going to be hard to break, right? That's how Melanie would do when we early stages in our marriage. Like she would uh, have concerns or complaints about my mom and how she treated her and my grandma and stuff like that. And I'm like, 
okay, these are strong, bullheaded people. I'm not sure where we're going to get with this, right? So make sure that you and your husband are in the same canoe on that. And I would say, what would it look like if you started taking your cooking talents? Because I love to cook. I would stay in the kitchen with my mom and my grandma and learn how to make food. That's why I'm a good cook now. So I understand the importance of cooking and how... Uh, fun it can be and how rewarding it can be to serve and people and relational like I love it when my kids sit and watch me cook we just talk and it's just it's fun right and so I would say what would it look like for you to talk to your husband about it and have gatherings at your house and try to recreate that but you, not as you, a you could do that not as a jab or whatever but yeah. you could do that and then also this is going to sound weird at first, but maybe accept it. I think that as a family therapist, some things are are too ingrained, too entrenched, and too immovable to change. And I hate to say that, but we've had our own conversations. Of, I'm now like, Melanie, Melanie, we can do this. And you're like, no, people can't handle certain things, and it's only going to cause more division. Like, there's certain things growing up that's like, nobody told my grandma certain things. And as I got older, I was like, Grandma, we did this. And she's like... I'm not a baby. Why do people like kick glove me all the time? It's like, oh yeah, we could have. But at the time, the tension was too great and we didn't have a a, a larger view of it, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Yeah, I think that um, going directly to the question and sort of looking at it and assessing it, the first things that come to mind is you're not going to have this conversation with your family in-laws and it go well. <laughs> that conversation will not go well. It sounds so bleak, but we're does, talking from experience. That and- doesn't mean that you can't create something new. So instead of thinking about, okay, look at it like this, your in-laws and their sort of unit are like a little bouquet of flowers. Mm. It's already perfect how it is. It's fine. It's good. They've been together forever. All the right colors, all the right textures of flowers, everything is there. And you're coming in and saying, those flowers need to change, make room for my flowers. But that's, they don't want to hear that. They're like, no, these, we know how to take care of this little bouquet. We know what we're doing. Don't ask us that. Just go out. We'll help. We'll do the work. No big deal. Instead of trying to change their structure, their bouquet of flowers, make your own somewhere else. And I don't mean that in a bad way. Don't be like, I'm going to flip you a bird, make my own bouquet. Peace. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that. I'm saying, let them have that thing that's theirs. And then do something else over here that's yours, that does not compete with them, that will, and part of that is, you can start to show them that you're a worthwhile human. Mm -hmm. And I know that sounds stupid, but I've had to prove myself a thousand billion trillion times to Seth's family, but it never started with, why don't you trust me and think I'm good? It started with, you think I'm a piece of crap and I'm going to show you I'm not. And and you would do stuff. So here's another thing. So Melanie, and this, I can understand this, and Melanie had to earn the respect of uh, my family, right? So you did that through like working hard, through painting a bunch of stuff. Remember like when we go and dad has us do art projects Mm -hmm. and you've sewed stuff. But it wasn't my objective. It was not my objective to earn Mm -hmm. their trust. It was like, I am a skilled person and I bring value. So what would it be if you made your very best dish? Maybe it was a dessert or who knows, an apple pie or banana pudding or fried chicken or whatever. And they're all Southern dishes. And I don't know if you're from the South. Clam chowder. That's not Southern. Um, And you just made a dish. Say, hey, I brought this, mm-hmm. and then you're not going to be like, hey, try my dish, blah, 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 and talk mm-hmm. about it and all this stuff, although you may want to, because I understand if it's your best dish, it might have been your mom's, it mm-hmm. might have been your grandma's, and you're super proud about it. Bring it, don't have any expectations, 
and just put it out there. Mm-hmm. Whatever it is, I guarantee you, well, if they go, oh, no, this doesn't go with the meal, then that is on them. So I want you to differentiate yourself from their crazy rigidness. Mm-hmm. And, but, and I would say, too, start having little gatherings for yourself, for your family, where you can begin making your own family of origin around the kitchen culture, mm-hmm. right? Because it is very hard to break kitchen culture. Kitchen culture. Um, and, and, but it's important to... Be really respectful about it. Like, mm-hmm. think about yourself in 15 years from now, 20 years from now. You've got children that are cooking with you. Do you want some person you don't know very well to come in and say, I'll do this when normally your daughter does it? Mm-hmm. And you'd be like, no, that's what so-and-so does. Don't come in and take her plate. Like, put yourself in your mother-in-law's shoes, your mm-hmm. grandmother-in-law's shoes, and try not to be offended. So they literally will kick me out of the kitchen every time we're there because they have a routine that they've made mm-hmm. and I can't be offended by it. I can do they a lot of other things. Too. Yeah. I can do a lot of other things and bring value and help, but it's not helpful to be like, they don't want me in the kitchen, uh, mm-hmm. you know, because yeah. then they're like, well, there's a whiny baby. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, and there's and nothing wrong not, with babies. Not, <laughs> you want another baby or something? I think it's so funny. I'm being ageist when I say you're a baby. Okay, anyway, um, I think that... Uh, yeah, I understand your pain and the awkwardness around it. So just try to differentiate yourself and make your own thing. I got to go to work. We're about at 23 minutes. You guys are rad. Thank you for joining us every single morning. Well, not every single morning. Most mornings on Facebook and Instagram Live. Keep on listening. Send in your questions to hello at anatomyofmarriage.com, and we will absolutely answer them. And also... Hello at Anatomy of Marriage. Mm-hmm. Dot com. Dot com. Okay. And also remember to go to audibletrial.com forward slash anatomy marriage to get a literal free audiobook. On They're us. awesome. And it's do it. It's an investment in yourself. So do it. Mm-hmm. Anything else? Signing um, off? Just do, please rate and review the podcast on iTunes if you haven't already. We want to read mm-hmm. your review on the show. It's extremely fun to do that. Um, and thank you so much. There's nothing else I can think to say. We'll see you uh, tomorrow. We just hit 1.3 million downloads. So thanks to you people. Whoop. Awesome. That's right. Whoop. All right. Um, Have a great day. Bye, guys. Bye.